真古的秀。Happy 2019, and welcome to We'll See You in Hell. This is your podcast for horror movie, sci-fi movie, fantasy movie, action movie, and sometimes comedy and drama movie information. We do the reviews, we do the commentaries, we do all that good shit that you like. Good to be back, and this is your episode for January 14th, 2019, in this glorious new year of God. Oh. Um, yeah, we, uh, we haven't done one of these in ages. We pre-recorded a bunch before the break, but wasn't it nice folks to get a, uh, a new ep on Christmas day, a new ep on new year's Eve. We kept them coming. Yeah. We, we took about a, two weeks off here. It's important to us that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. We took about two weeks off cause we, you know, we had to go see our families and things. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, but I'm happy to be back with you, Pat, because I consider you family. Oh. Thank you. Well, you often refer to me as fam. I do call you fam. How or, are you, fam? Or daddy. I'll call daddy you. Daddy, I prefer. Yeah. We had uh, had breakfast this morning, Joe and I. Can uh-huh. you can you make this thing stop jumping on the screen? It's nope. going to drive me insane i can't i've tried i can't get it to stop i can't figure out how to uninstall it yeah i know it's annoying but Uh, you you can deal with it it's a little icon i've had it with apple products i mean every apple aside sucks my computer is constantly like having trouble with the internet my ipad is always losing the signal it's because they want you to buy a new one my phone asks me 10 times in a row to sign into the cloud and I'm like, there's no option to say, I'm not doing the fucking cloud. You have to, every time I turn on my phone, say no, 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 no. And that's that's a product I paid $800 for? What's wrong yeah. with you? I'm done. Next computer, uh, next computer for me is going to be, I'm going to get one of those like uh, Microsoft, whatever the fuck. You're getting a Zoom. A what? A Zoom. What's a Zoom? Soon was the uh, poor man's uh, iPod. Oh, yeah. I remember those. I had one of those. And then Neil Young came out with the, the Ponyo, which was like a $1,000 iPod that he said sounded incredible, but it's, it was the exact same sound as everything else. Yeah. Well, yet another thing that Neil Young put out that I had zero interest in. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to get one of those, one of those uh, Windows tablet things with the k- keyboard. And that's it. I'm okay. done. I'm done playing these fucking games. Apple stock has dropped. Uh, I think that's it. I think they're, you know, I think they've overstayed their welcome at this point. I agree. They're you not know? going away, but I agree. Well, who knows? Maybe they are going away. I have a SEP IRA that I use to, like, as an insurance, uh, or not insurance, what do you call it? You know, you put a little money into it every year, sort of like a 401k type deal. My accountant has me do it. I always put in the max you can put in. It's untaxed. 
and uh, they tell you where it goes each month. You get a statement. It's like your investment has gone up X amount of dollars or down X amount of dollars. Yeah. I get it this month, and I was like, boy, I've been reading a lot about how the stock market is collapsing. I wonder if that affects my thing at all. Who boy. <laughs> a massive drop of money. It's massive. fluctuating. It's not fluctuating. My, it is. It, well, it jumped over Christmas. It jumped 950 points. That's the biggest jump it's literally ever had. All right. Well, that's good. So it's it's fluctuating. It's not because I have a similar thing. And let me tell you, Pat, the hundreds of dollars I have in there. <laughs> I would talk about uh, Trump, but I got. Um, isn't one of our people that contribute Jackson Starship? Is that a name that you say when you're doing the thanks? I don't know. I don't think so. Because this guy does not follow me. I, I've not tweeted about Trump in a year. I get a message. Patrick, is it just impossible for you to not make some whiny Trump comment? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and I, I start to respond, and I'm like, you don't know who this is. <laughs> but it made me so angry. And if you're listening, um, I don't want you to be able to listen. <laughs> And I hope that I'm going to look through our donors. And even if you are donating money, I'm going to block you and make sure you can't listen to the show. Um, I don't know if we're able to do any of those things, but yeah. but you, the message has been sent. Okay. He had like one follower. Everything he tweets is like some uh, white power shit or man power shit. Oh, well then, yeah. What do you? But I still let it upset me to the point that I'm thinking about it. Weeks later. I, uh, Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I think this show often teeters on an almost pro-Trump uh, <laughs> No, it, it does not. But You know what I mean, though. Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't think we're, we're bastions of the current uh, liberal sensibility or something. We rarely discuss him. Uh, I, I don't know where it's coming from. Um, yeah, so whatever, whatever. Uh, times are, uh, ooh, it's tough out there right now. It's not a fun time. Ooh, the times they are a dog shit. Yeah, it's not a fun time. On all sides, all sides. It's just not a fun Many time. Many sides. Right now. No, it's it's real bad. It's, uh, I don't want to. I've been as you saw when you walked in. Frasier was playing. Yeah. I'm rewatching Frasier again because when the world makes no sense, I just I I this is what I do. I don't watch anything new. I go back to like old things that are comforting. You're rewatching it. An additional time since the last time you rewatched it? Yep. Oh, wow. All right. I just go back to things where I'm like, it was an easier time. You could make jokes. People weren't trying to cut each other's throats at all. You know, like, yeah, people were getting along. You could have different ideologies and it was okay. Sure. Um, You're it's, talking about Frazier and Niles. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. We. I don't want it that different. Right. You know, let's 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 all sort of stay on the same page here, but. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a fun time. But anyway, you, you all know that. That's why you tune into this show, right? For a little escape. To lift your spirits. Joe's in a new apartment. I got to admit, I feel off my game. Why? Uh, I, I, it's just, it's, I got to get adjusted to the new setting. I don't think you like the seating arrangement. Well, we're sitting next to each other on a love seat. Yeah. Thigh to thigh. <laughs> so it's you know a little out of my comfort zone uh yeah and i i could have gotten dressed to be honest 
could have yeah worn underwear at least <laughs> just a dick hanging out but you're always complaining about how we're seating you know you, you're you're across from me you're complaining that you can see my balls i come in today joe's like you want to take that chair over there the chair appears to be made of cast iron it's a comfortable chair it's not i sat in it it is a comfortable chair you're all wound up today where'd you get it uh target i almost guessed target it's a nice little mid-century sort of metal yeah chair i i have one in my office and i work from it and i am i have no problems with that chair we had my uh, big chair my big blue chair which could theoretically go there instead of that metal chair that's in there now for my gaming purposes. Right. Maybe I should put it over there. I think so. Why? So I can sit in it. Well, you're sitting on the damn love seat. Uh, we have moths at my house. Oh, that's nice. Not uh, food moths, but clothes moths. And I, that's I had yet assumed. to. I don't. Yeah. Is there any such thing as food moths? Food moths, you just throw out all your food and then you're fine. Clothes moths are like in the walls. So I come home to Heather having a complete nervous breakdown. She's wa- washed everything we own, sent all this shit to the dry cleaners, which I'm sure cost a tremendous amount of money. We got rugs rolled up, uh, and I have yet to see a moth. So she may be losing her mind. <laughs> But she won't stop, and we just keep spiraling out of control. We're getting screens. That's the problem. The lady that lived there before was kind of this hippie-ish lady. She was delightful. But she was like, the great thing about this place, you just leave the doors open. You don't have to have screens or anything. But then you get moths. Right. So now we're getting screens put on the house. We're, uh, everything's a fucking project. There's big every, every morning I'm like, where are my... We, Heather and I saw each other for like 30 seconds on Friday, and I was like, where the fuck are my socks? And she's like, they're in that, they're in one of these plastic bags, an entire room full of plastic bags. Which one? Right. I'm just going to work wearing no socks, like I'm, you know, some sort of uh, Robert Evans. How do you know there's no moths in the bags? Those clothes are all thoroughly washed or dry cleaned, but then she doesn't want to open the bags. So we're having an, an exterminator finally come and look. But I was like, why didn't you do the exterminator before doing everything on your own? How big are these moths that she supposedly thinks are there? I mean, that's how you're going to know if she's gone batty. I mean, they're not house size. Or you know, if she starts talking about seeing red eyes in the right. dark, you know, you know that she's losing her shit a little bit. Well, I think it might be payback for having written the sci-fi original film Mothman and painting them <laughs> in a negative light. It's a karma payback or her or your wife's disgust that you could have been involved with such karma a project? Payback. Karma payback. Okay. Uh, but they do, I mean, it's, it's a shitty situation. And then we put, pulled all the rugs up in my house. So then like, for whatever reason, the floor that was underneath the rug, since it's never been exposed is super slippery. So I'll come walking into each new room, slip and fall on the floor. I mean, we're falling apart. We're falling apart. It sounds terrible. It's awful. And I wish I cared more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit about anything you just said. I don't okay. know why. I don't mean that in a standoffish way. I just well, have... you don't live there, and you've ne- you never come over to my house. Ever. Don't invite so me I've, over. I've invited. You always invite me at the last minute. You always do this thing of like, well, you know, I mean, we really want to sit two guys sitting at a house. 
Oh, I never say that. You invite me at the last minute. You go, I, I'm watching a movie if you want to come on. I'm like, I, well, I, I can't. You that's, invited me to That's late. how things work. Make a plan. Have that's an how event. things work. Get home at 7. Hey, you want to come watch a movie in an hour? What, why is that you crazy? You never take me up on plans anymore. I invite you to all kinds of stuff. When? When? Oh, constantly. Hey, Pat, I have a fun show tonight. Why don't you come with me? Oh, well, I'm not going to go to your shows. Which, which don't think I haven't noticed, by well, the way. I go to, then I stand there with comedians uh, who don't know For me. For 10 minutes while I'm on stage, and then we hang out. It's uncomfortable. Oh, stop it. You go to other people's shows all the time. Very rarely. Oh, shut it. Very rarely. I've I, been to your shows. Once. No, many Actually, times. I, I will say, every time you come to my show, it's never good. I think you're some kind of <laughs> fucking goocher or something. I mean... I've been many shows. But I got those shows in March in Vegas. I know you'll be at those, you fucking addict. I saw you in Vegas. No, but these are my own shows. I've seen you in Vegas. Great example. Yeah. But you'll come out to those, I assume. Sure. Let's have some Vegas fun, me and you. That sounds great. Were you you at the, uh, like a Reno hotel this time again? All I I know is I'm playing a place called Bonkers. Bonkers. Is Uh, there an exclamation point or no? Uh, I don't know, but I imagine there's some sort of coconut instead of the O in the logo. Right, right. Uh, I can only imagine, right? Um, what else could be? Oh, here's a game I've been wanting to play with you. Ready? Yes. I give you an occupation, okay? Yeah. Then you got to take that occupation and come up with an expression that means this guy is crazy. Okay. That applies to the occupation. So the classic example is the crazy card dealer. This guy's not playing with a full deck. Card dealer. Yeah. I thought you said card dealer. Okay. Got you. You know. So one I thought of was an account like a crazy. How about John Bobbitt? This guy's not playing with a full dick. There you go. Right. I thought of one for an accountant. You go, I don't think this guy's ledger is balanced, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Give me one. Uh, Priest. Which Priest. you could also use the full dick one. <laughs> Priest. Uh, uh, All right, DJ. I wasn't done with Priest. It was taken. It didn't sound like it was going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ, let's just say all this guy's records ain't spinning. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think this guy's record skips. Yeah. Something like that, you know? Priest, uh, let's just say, thanks be to God, I'm not in that fucker's head. Right? What? <laughs> no, it'd be like this guy's preaching to a half-empty chapel. You know what I'm sure. saying? Okay. Like, what are you gonna do? It's like one of those yeah. things. I got a confession to make. This guy's cuckoo. <laughs> no, no, that's too right? elaborate. Oh. Hey guys, uh, I don't think he's. I don't think this guy's all the way in the confessional. If you know what I'm saying, that's not. That doesn't work at all. I know, but I'm saying it's like one, like something like that. Like, like give me, a, were, give me an mine occupation. Mine were closer. You're like, no, not like that. How about like something worse and farther <laughs> away from these very shaky rules that you laid out? <laughs> give me one, and I'll do it. Give me an occupation. Uh, grocery store cashier. Uh, hey guys, I don't think this. I don't think this guy's got any change in his register. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Give me Let's another one. Let's just say this guy's putting the gallon of milk on top of the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. Hey guys, I don't know about you, but I think his scanner's broken. Uh, yeah. You know, something like that. 
Uh, how about a dentist? Dentist. Uh, guys, I think this guy's drill goes the wrong way. <laughs> Don't think this guy's playing with a full mouth. That's that doesn't, that doesn't make that makes yeah. literally no sense. Open your mouth and say Looney Tunes, right? Uh, yeah. Folks, let's get on, if I may, with the show, mm-hmm. and at the same time, mm-hmm. on with the Joe. It's a new year. <laughs> I am brain dead. Even though I did have a $3.25 cup of coffee this morning, I still feel asleep. Outrageous. $3.25 for a single cup, $6 for bottomless coffee. Outrageous. I've Every never been place so serving breakfast should offer you bottomless coffee, and it should be at most $3. I was on my way to meet Pat at the diner for breakfast. And I was late because I found a man face down in the street. I thought he was dead. I, I pushed him with my foot a little bit, and he was real stiff. Yeah. And I was like, hey, buddy. Is it a bad sign that I was jealous of this man <laughs> when I heard he might be dead? I'll tell you, he looked. He just looked at pe- He did have a bottle of booze in his back pocket. So I couldn't tell if he just face planted drunk or he looked dead though. Yeah, and the stiffness of his arm made me feel. I called nine one one. They said, and in a, in a cool twelve minutes later, they called me back and they were like, "So uh, we're we're leaving soon. Uh, where is he again? Like it's like forget it. If you're in the process of going down, you're done. You're done. Yeah. How was the gentleman dressed? Sweatshirt, jeans that both looked, you know not not new but clean and you know okay uh and then loafers with no socks okay the way the way you'd think a drunk would dress like you know that had a house but just was like i'm fucking done with this bullshit right i most disturbing thing one of the most disturbing things i ever saw in new york was a guy in a full suit more like rush hour in the morning laying face down seemingly dead outside of a subway station and En masse, hundreds of people just walking around his body. Just yeah, like, got to get to work. No mercy. Like, it's not like I, it's not like I would have been less concerned if it was a homeless guy, but like so, something about a guy in a suit lying there dead. You're like, what happened here, and why does no one care? Well, did you do anything? I didn't know. So you're just like the the. Rest I was late the, for work. You're part of the problem, Pat. You, you know, know, it's this rat race. I've always said, and uh, this is my own phrase. I made this up many years ago. If you're not part of the pro- if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah, I'm very proud of the coining that phrase. And I, I made up I the phrase: like- if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> that was me, right? Um, now, Joe, why did you tell R. Kelly to do what he did <laughs> for a period of twenty plus years? Listen, man, you know. You, you would know had you been at the taping of my one hour special, which was special to me and my many of my close friends were there. You thought you needed to go see a Rod Stewart concert. It wasn't Rod Stewart, but it was an uh, anniversary gift for my wife's parents that was set in stone long before your show. You would know that I took shots, hard shots at R. Kelly in that special. I, saw I can't believe special. this man is still working. This is outrageous. It's been 
completely insane. It's been insane since the Chappelle days. I remember seeing that's the P on you sketch, and I was like, "What's funny about this though? The the situation? Like, why well, the, is this a joke?" The sketch was very funny. It was, but the situation itself was was dire. Uh, yeah, I watched I mean, all six parts of. Uh, Surviving R. Kelly. Took a lifetime documentary. What the fuck is going on anymore? Turned down by HBO. Turned like turned down by Netflix. Netflix has 14 million shows. And they were like, no, not for us. Lifetime had to bring you the news. I've never been one for frontier justice, as you know. I've always sort of criticized that, that sort of Twitter lynching thing that everybody does now. Yeah. I do believe in due process. But for Christ's sakes, guys, if... If if we need maybe maybe that is the only way if we need lifetime to be the ones that bring fucking justice to the R. Kelly victim. Why yeah. the fuck aren't police or anybody doing anything about this? And by the way, it There's seems sort of like the there's still not the the only celebrity who would appear in it was John Legend, who's a guy I've never liked much. I think his singing voice sounds like the Cowardly Lion, but many many people would not uh, speak out against R. Kelly. It's like wh- why the guy doesn't have power anymore he's just a creepy old perv and then what's interesting to me is everybody knows about pissing on the young girls the 14 year old girls etc everyone knows that but there's talk to these survivors like they go back into the room where r kelly kept them for years and they'll look at the room and be like this is where some of the most depraved things you could ever imagine took place and start crying and you're like what what are we talking about beyond peeing on children that's what they never get into specifics, thankfully. Right. But you're just like, how far did this go? Everyone who goes into a room where they used to be with R. Kelly starts sobbing. Right. And the 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 suggestion is that we're into we're we're through the looking glass in terms of what these people went through. Yeah, well, it's uh it's a dark scene. It's a dark scene. Real bad. The guy's got some hangups, clearly. Uh, and all these celebrities are like, sorry, I shouldn't have made a song with him. And then, like, when did you make a song with him? 2017. It's like, oh, so you, so you knew. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's what that's what my whole thing was always like. It was like, it's funny because now I think we need a little more understanding about the separation of artist and the art. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I w- we had zero on. We had zero um, uh, 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 um, ability to to not separate it. Right. It was like it was. Everybody was like, people be doing songs with the guy. Be like, yeah, he skinned a three year old alive last week. Jesus, but that's not you know. I there's a difference between his art and the artist. I can separate. The t- right. It was it was so out of control back then. People doing shit with R. Kelly. You know, Lady Gaga did something two, three years nuts. ago, and then she's releasing all these big statements about how she's ashamed of it. And I was like, what is this? And then I'm like, oh, right. She's trying to win an Oscar. Everyone's got their own fucking motive. She doesn't feel ashamed. What'd she do? She probably made five million dollars off that song. She's not donated a dime to anyone. Well, what did she do? A song with R. Kelly? Two, three years ago, did a song with R. Kelly. Like, and then there was a, a very graphically sexual song. She's just full of the fucking song's shit. called like Fuck Me in the Butt is like the name of the song. <laughs> Hey, appropriate name, because who the hell wants to look at that face? All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Bradley Cooper did, I'll tell you that. This is what you tune into. You seen that Star is Born yet? No. Why the fuck would I want to watch that fucking movie? You'd probably like it. You know, two of the supporting roles, as I've told you, 
Sam yeah. Elliott and Andy Dice Clay. I know. I want to see Andrew Dice Clay in it, but I know he's never once going to say in the movie, a brown star is born. <laughs> so now I don't want to see it. He's gotten zero. Uh, I thought he'd get all the awards talk. He hasn't even been mentioned. He's great in the movie. He's always great. He's a great actor. He's yeah. great at playing like the lovable lug. He's very good at it. Yeah. Um, not to say he's not probably great at other things, but I just enjoy him in that type of role. Um, what the hell are we talking about on today's show? Oh, Bird Box. Bird Box. Which right. uh, which is a euphemism for a pelican's vagina, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Folks. Folks. <laughs> folks. One of the stupidest titles of a movie ever, Bird Box. Uh, Bird Box. Before, you know, we're going to do the movie corner and stuff before we get into it, but I will say this as a teaser. About 25 minutes into this movie, I texted Pat and I said, Bird Box, more like dog shit. Right. Uh, it's not a good movie, but we'll get back to that. We'll get back to it. Let's take us. Why don't you take us down to the corner? Let's go over to the old corner store. Before before we do, though, I'd like to uh, send out a real, true R.I.P. to Mr. Marty Funkhauser himself. Oh, yeah. So Bob sad. Einstein. I'm so sad about that. Truly, one of the funniest men that ever walked the earth. Uh, and we're not going to see him in the new Curb season, which sucks because he's become. The highlight of the show. I heard he shot two episodes. That's just not true. That might be true. I don't know. Um, I'm very sad. And as it should be, the clip making heavy circulation right now is him telling the joke to Seinfeld. Yes. On Curb, which is his greatest scene ever. I agree. Uh, and also a superb performance by David and Seinfeld in that scene. Right. David screaming at him. Can you just finish the fucking joke? Yeah. <laughs> And then Seinfeld doubled over at the your cunt is in the sink punchline. Sure. Going, I didn't know it was going to be that disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. a really, really funny scene. I'm very sad about the funk man. Apparently was recently diagnosed with cancer. I guess it was very aggressive. I didn't even know he had it. Um, wait, two other people died too. It was Funkhauser. It was... Uh, it was three in one day, and they were well, they all 76. Seriously, but they were all the same age, too. I don't remember who the other ones were. That one affected me the most. Was That that was 2019, right? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to write 2019. Somebody's really uh, clubbing in your apartment complex. Uh, I hear that club music every so often. I can only assume it's my downstairs neighbor. Uh-huh. I usually can't hear it if I'm like listening to the TV. Club, like who? I I don't have a problem with club music, but it's one o'clock on a Sunday. What are you doing? All right. So how weird is this? I don't know. It's uh, it's it's odd. Captain and Tennille was one of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> also six affected me a little less. I must say the captain died. Well, captain died, not Tennille. Sorry. Also sixty-five. How weird is this? Steve Buscemi's wife died one day ago. 65 everybody died i think she was 64 no 65 okay it's right there um and then the third person that died was 65 who the hell was? oh yeah mean gene mean gene right god that's weird four people at the age of 65 that's odd 
And it was on January 65th. <laughs> That's what I found particularly odd. Uh, I are we gonna we're gonna do the Spidey verse? You gonna see this shit? Should I save it for an episode? I can save it just in case. I All don't right. give a shit. You can. We'll no, save it. Fuck it. We'll I don't save it. it. I don't want to see it. I don't care. Folks, I'd like to do Aquaman. We can. We'll come over to the house. I'm gonna give you three months notice. All right. And we'll watch Aquaman in late April. <laughs> uh, we're going to the movie corner. We're going to the movie corner. I am going to save Spideyverse. Maybe you check it out. All I right. got a lot to say about that picture. Uh, let's go with one of my favorite shows of the year. It was a limited series, whatever you want to call it. Showtime's Escape from Danamora. I heard this is great. Sure. Uh, basically, they're running from this serial killer named Dan Amora. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, folks. Uh, directed by Ben Stiller, who I think much like Danny DeVito will be a guy that just never gets the respect he deserves for being a really gifted director because his acting career was so successful. Uh, but he's a really good director the cast in this thing, especially for Showtime. Uh, Patricia Arquette, Paul Dano or Dano and the great Benicio del Toro giving one of his best performances. It's the story. A uh, news story a few years back about a woman who uh, snuck two convicts out of prison. Uh, she was banging them both, trying to pit them against each other, etc. And it's a seven part, I think, so seven hour uh, movie. It's very funny. It's very exciting. Del Toro is it's incredible funny? about it. It's funny. Oh, all right. Um. Stealing the show is this guy, Eric Lang, who plays Patricia Arquette's very dumb husband. He provides most of the comic relief. He is extremely funny, this dude, and, and really good at playing an idiot. Supporting cast has got Bonnie Hunt, who I've loved since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. David Morse, who's always great. I love David Morse. Um, just a super entertaining movie. The one question I had is that like the big part of every article about this case was talking about how the Benicio del Toro character had a giant dick, and it was like a legendary dick. and And in a seven hour movie, they never mentioned the man's dick. I found that odd. I got to be honest with you. In a ninety minute movie, if I don't hear a mention of a dick, I don't want to hear see talking it. about the dicks. Yeah, um, that's unexcus- inexcusable for seven hours. No dick. Give yeah. me a fucking break. It's really good. And one of the, uh, my favorite TV moment of the year is the end of maybe episode four or something. And Patty Arquette is like, uh, you know, they're kind of talking and figuring it out. And then Del Toro gets in their face and goes, his eyes get real wide. He's been talking normally for the entire run of the show. And he goes, don't tell anybody in a monster voice. And it's insane. It's like a Nicolas Cage move. Uh-huh. And it's how that episode ends. Clearly, Del Toro was like, I'm going to try something on this next day. <laughs> and it reminds me of how much I love those little moments like that where people just do something insane. Because in real life, people do insane shit all the time. And so many movies and TV shows are boring as fuck. I admire that they went with it and that Stiller left it in the cut and ended the episode on it. I fucking loved it. Check it out. All right. Uh, I watched the documentary After Porn Ends 3. 
which is I've the third installment in the after the porn after porn end series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine. I mean, you know, the first one I thought was really good. I thought the stories were were a bit more diverse, and there was a little more uh, left to the sort of uh, to your own interpretation about moments that sort of seemed maybe darker than they were being conveyed, or more hopeful, or whatever it was that you took away from it. I felt like it left the viewer with uh, a little room to kind of draw their own conclusions about is porn bad or good or whatever. Right. This one was a little more on the nose. It was kind of like there were happy stories and then there were sad stories and there was kind of not a lot of in between yeah, or gray area. But uh, I watched it mainly because I've, I was always a big Christy Canyon fan since I was a kid and she's in it and I wanted to see like what she was like and she's awesome. Okay. She's like, I don't have one fucking regret. I had a blast. Uh-huh. You know, she's like, I do radio now. It was awesome. I fucked everybody. I loved it. Like yeah. she, she, it's like the most, it's like the greatest example of like sexual positivity and ownership and whatever. Sure. And then I also wanted to watch it because Bonnie Rotten, who's somebody I have done a few podcasts with, I, I've met her through my friend Eddie Ift. Uh, and I knew she left the business, and I just was curious. Like, I wonder how she's doing, and she's doing very well. She's got a daughter, and she's married, and she's got a very nice life, and okay. she seems to have no regrets, which is great. Uh, so, you know, it was an interesting watch, you know, but... Uh, Do they show you any hardcore porn in the... Uh they show like little clips and you certainly see some like boobs and stuff in it, but it's you're not seeing like insertion and jizz and stuff like that. Sure. You know, it's a, it's an R-rated documentary. It's not. Right. Um, I wouldn't watch it with my mom. Let's put it that way. In a, a similar uh, vein, I, I, I listened to the audio book, if I may recommend an audio book, by John Ronson, who's a really great author who did the... Uh, the book about like ten people whose lives were ruined by Twitter. Okay, and take this. I got to pee. All right. His book. That's a fantastic book. Like the lady who tweeted the joke about I'm going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Then she got on a plane, and by the time the plane ended, her life and career were over. Um, it's a fascinating book called If You'll Wait, Please. Uh. So you've been publicly shamed, and I recommend it highly. He's written many great books. But uh, John Ronson did a podcast, uh, I guess about a year ago, that was about porn. And this new audio book, which is only like three hours, focuses in on one specific porn star and her kind of tragic end to her life. So the butterfly effect was his first porn. And it was like how porn affects everybody from the top on down. Great audio book that I listened to. And this new one is called the last days of August, the last days of August Ames, who is a porn star that I have long loved sort of a more recent one. She hung herself in a park. So they talked to her, husband and you don't really get a lot of answers it raises a lot of questions but it was fascinating it was smutty um you talk to all sorts of like 
I mean, the the porn world has amazing characters in it. I recommend it. I think I got the audio book for like three bucks. So check it out. Uh, my next picture I'm going to go into is called Den of Thieves. Starring Ice Cube's son, Gerard Butler. Uh, Den of Thieves, I've heard from all kinds of people. They're like, it's actually pretty fucking good. That's the review I always hear. And it was. It was kind of a uh, a poor, really poor man's heat. I mean, obviously, we're talking about Gerard Butler and 50 Cent and not uh, Nero and Pacino here. But Den of Thieves is a very entertaining action movie. It's like two and a half hours for no reason at all. It's got incredible uh, shootouts and action in it. Gerard Butler is great as like an alcoholic burnout. He looks terrible. It's perfect for the role. Somebody pointed out to me that in the best shootout in the movie, there are no extras in any of the cars. It's supposed to be a traffic jam. <laughs> I, I wish nobody had told me that because it yeah. really ruined my enjoyment of it. But well, that sucks. The movie is new to uh, streaming, and I think it's on Showtime. And I, I got to tell you, it's, a, it's an entertaining picture. It's stupid as hell. But if you like cops and robbers shit, it's a really good example of like a, a second tier gym. All right. Joe, okay. Your second choice. Uh, I watched a documentary called Score, uh, which was about uh, film composers. And it was great. Okay. Uh, they just kind of go through the history of music composition for film, like why it started. It started with silent movies, obviously. Yeah. And the reason they started to add music, live music, to showings of silent movies was to drown out the sound of the film reel going. Right. Uh, and yeah, and then it uh, became part of film uh, and a staple. And, uh, and they kind of take it from there. They interview all their great composers of our time you hit the middle of this thing they give you like a 20 minute chunk on john williams yeah which is awesome everybody's like every single person in the thing from like Hans zimmer to to danny elfman is like he's god right you know like uh you know um so i'm on the airplane watching this thing they're showing the finale the climactic scene of et i'm crying my eyes out uh, from, from just getting the chills and how you know just getting so swept away by the, these movie moments uh, they do a big thing on Elfman too how Elfman kind of was like the you know kind of took up the mantle of John you know was sort of the second coming of a John Williams type right uh, and how the Batman theme was what defined him like he had done this thing that nobody had ever done before uh, with a piece Make of a Batman theme well, he was. They were saying like nobody had made, nobody had kind of done the John Williams thing except with that type of tone before. Okay, you know, like it was something along those lines. And and he was saying like, yeah, there was no real prototype for a a, a, a movie theme like that. So I, I don't know. You know, there's more to it than I understood. But uh, in as as far as music theory goes, but. Uh, it was a great documentary. It was a nice little watch, and it was fun getting to hear from the composers, Hans Zimmer, and you know, and all all the others I mentioned, and many, many. You know, many Hans more. Zimmer played Coachella like two years ago. I didn't know that. Played like his biggest themes, and like apparently it was a highlight of the fest. Um, <clears throat> so where do you see it? 
On the airplane. That's why I said I was on the plane. Oh, where, where, Joe? I'm, it doesn't mean I can go take a flight so I can watch it. Well, why not? Live a little. Is it uh, on a, a streaming service? I, I or? have no idea. All right. <laughs> I didn't seek it out after I got off the plane. I just, I saw it. It was All on right. the plane. Fair enough. I'm sure. I'm sure you can rent it on iTunes or something. Uh, for my last picture, I would love to discuss uh, a movie called Arizona that I watched. Um, apparently, it was supposed to be the directorial debut of Danny McBride and star Seth Rogen. Instead, it starred Danny McBride and had a tiny role for Seth Rogen. Uh, Caitlin Olson has a tiny role in it. David Allen Greer has a tiny role in it. Um, Is this a comedy? It's a like a super dark comedy, but it's ba- it's set in Arizona. Believe it or not, uh, Danny McBride is like a guy who's pissed because he he bought a house from some realtor and it did not, you know, it, it was a a bum deal basically. He goes in, he's yelling at Seth Rogen like you fucked me over, and he accidentally kills him. The star of the movie, Rosemary DeWitt, who's a great actress, very likable. The best part of this movie, I would say, um, witnesses it, and then for the rest of the movie, basically is being stalked by Danny McBride, who kills fifteen people. And really, at some point, about halfway through, I was like, "Oh, so this is just like a Friday the Thirteenth movie with Danny McBride? It's kind of like horror. He just keeps killing people. Why does he kill fifth? Why? It's one of those things where he keeps trying to get out of his initial situation, okay. and he keeps having to kill everyone that comes by." Um, I thought the movie was a complete drag. Uh, it's, you know, I already have very low thoughts of humanity, so I don't necessarily need to see a movie about how bad humanity is, (laughs) but, um, not a laugh to be had. I, I thought it was, uh, just a real dreary drag is all i can really say about it it wasn't really funny or exciting or scary or suspenseful um and after the first person dies and then the second person dies you're kind of like oh boy this is gonna be like a coen brothers type thing or like a simple plan where you know things go from bad to worse but the difference is you felt each death in those movies you were like oh god these are good people yeah you know who made a mistake danny mcbride is a piece of shit who continues being a piece of shit for two hours. So every person he kills, you get to meet them for one minute. You know nothing about them. And then Danny McBride kills them. And he feels nothing about it. You don't care about the people because they haven't been set up well in any way. So you're just kind of watching people die. It had the exact same emotional impact of a Friday the 13th movie, which is to say none. I can't recommend the movie. That was harsh. You went in on that one. I'm sorry. It's a well-made movie. I'll say one positive thing about it. Uh, it ain't good. I like. I like. I like your style. Uh, I uh, I will end with uh, a re- a rewatch. I tried to do again. Horror fans, tell me what I'm missing. Tell me what I'm missing. Nightbreed. Never seen it. Own it. Own the director's cut. Never watched it. Go trade it in at Amoeba. It's fucking worthless. It's a terrible movie. I've tried over and over again since it came out on video when I was like 13. Clive Barker. And yeah, 
was the follow-up to Hellraiser. I couldn't wait to see this thing. I thought Clive Barker's doing a movie about monsters, and there's all kinds of crazy monsters in it, and this is going to be amazing. This movie fucking sucks. It like it 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 plays like a sort of like almost like a like a love letter or fairy tale about monsters. It it's fucking terrible. Uh, Did you watch the director's cut? I tried watching the director's cut. I, 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 all I got out of that was it's longer, right? Which is not what you usually want in a movie that sucks. Um, people think that it's a divisive film, but there are people out there that think this thing is a classic. I want to hear from those people. Tell me what I am missing in this thing. Yeah. It fucking sucks. And I can't stand a movie where there are monsters that talk like contemporary human beings. Sure. You know? It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's dumb when a monster says fuck. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Unless it's Freddy. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, this was like a creep that died and came back. So it kind of makes sense. You don't want to see Frankenstein being like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's... Mm. So, uh, yeah, fire. This fucking fire. Yeah. Um, I hate the movie. <laughs> I don't think Clive Barker has made a good film since Hellraiser. Uh, I think Lord of Illusions is... It flirts with being good at, in moments. Bacula? That's Bacula and the guy that plays... The, the who the Kroger boss from uh, Seinfeld is in it. Okay, I had seen it. Um, you know, like I said, it flirts with being pretty cool, uh, but it just never grabs you fully. Um, you know, I, I can't remember other movies Clive Barker directed right now after Hellraiser. I know he hasn't directed much, but. I know Midnight Me Train was based on one of his. Again, I think that movie is very whatever. He didn't direct it, but anyway, let me know what I don't get, and uh, and we can go ahead and slide on into our review of the day. And that review is about. Sandy Bullock as Bird Box. <laughs> That's her character's name. Her character's name is Jenny Bird Box. Um, blindfolded Utah teen crashes car while doing the Bird Box challenge is what just came up when I Googled it. People, you're stupid. It's well, this is what happens when yet when you when you live your entire life online. Now people are seeing movies. And thinking that what they need to do is take things from movies and put them into real life yeah. in some way, shape, or form, usually under the guise of these stupid fucking challenges. Yeah. It's like, asshole, do you not understand how a movie works? There, do you not understand that it's impossible because it's a movie? <laughs> you stupid fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Like, it's fucking crazy. But I guess that's always happened. You know, people have always seen stuff in movies and thought like, oh, I guess I could try to fly if Superman did. You know what? It's, you know what? Keep doing it. It's it's natural selection. If you're so fucking stupid that you're going to put on a blindfold and drive your car, go ahead. Get out of here. We don't need you. You're not contributing. 
I thought I could have sex after I saw a pornographic film, and I, I learned that I can't. I knew going in it wasn't happening yeah. for me. Uh, Bird Box is a post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, it follows a woman with a pair of children dubbed boy and girl who must make it through a forest and a river blindfolded to avoid supernatural entities which cause people who see them to die by suicide or force others to look. The cast is stacked. It's got John Malkovich. It's got Lil Rel. It's got uh, Sarah Paulson, Sandy Bulls, B.D. Wong, Jackie Weaver, Machine Gun Kelly, who everyone is trying to make into a, an actor. Rebecca Pigeon in a very brief role. Yeah. She's in it. Um, I don't know if it was made for Netflix or if it was one of these they bought up. Like Apparently, Netflix passed on Holmes and Watson. And Netflix doesn't pass on shit. Yeah, Netflix Netflix is uh, adhering to a strict we'll produce fucking anything policy. Right. Uh, I couldn't believe Kevin Smith just said they turned down Mallrats 2. Yeah, what, who's making, who's calling the shots? I, I don't know. But uh, Bird Box, it definitely doesn't feel, it feels like a movie that was probably made for Netflix. It doesn't feel like the kind of movie no, that yeah. they wouldn't release because it wasn't up to snuff. Because people fucking love this movie. It's a terrible movie. You, they you, absolutely love it. I have heard nothing but raves. It's the poor man's quiet place, and quiet place does not hold up to second viewings. It's it's a ludicrous movie <laughs> that really worked. It was super effective in terms of a first viewing and, and not beyond that. Somebody recently pointed out yet another criticism of quiet place to me. Yeah. Uh, that I thought was really great. I wish I could remember who said it to me, but they go, so let me get this straight. Your kid's 11 years old and you just now are taking him to the waterfall where you're able to talk. Right. <laughs> like, you've just kept this from him the whole time. Like, there are the kid to the waterfall. a million plot holes in that movie. Uh, and there are in Bird Box as well. I mean, I, I found this thing passable. At best. At best. It's at a certain point, it turns into the River Wild. I always enjoy things on the river, but it wasn't even as cool as the River Wild. It's a, it's, it's the, let's start with the notion that a blindfolded woman could somehow row a boat down a river for, for 48 <laughs> hours. Now, let me it's tell you. It's so crazy. <laughs> folks, it is hard to paddle a boat with no blindfold. <laughs> When I go on these like river rafting trips, I used to go on in Missouri or whatever, invariably within 10 minutes, a group of smart people would wind up hung up in some little side, you know, patch of grass and like people getting thorns in their hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's simply not feasible, but fine. You know, it, it just to me, even if you're willing to look past the, the logic problems of the movie. For example, them driving a car. Oh uh, God! With, with unable to look out the windows or anything. They dr well, they drive. I thought it was a cool little device that they drive. So they black out the windows of the car because they can't look at anything because then right. they'll go crazy. And then they drive the car using the GPS with the you know it's got the screen and they yeah. basically do it like a video game, which I thought was super cool. Then they get to the supermarket they're driving you to get supplies, and somehow. Without knowing what part of the supermarket they've crashed into or where in the parking lot they've landed yeah. with this car, they somehow know exactly how to get into the supermarket without looking. 
And you've got Little Rel playing the the manager or whatever, going, it should just be 10 paces up. Who? What world was he living in before this apocalyptic thing happened? Insane. It's so nuts. Which And before we get off the subject of Little Rel, friend of mine, I've known Rel for years. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a fucking hilarious comedian. Uh, they give him the role that you've heard me complain about on this show many times. They make him be the black guy who has the the answer. Right. The mystical, you know, he comes in and he goes, it's the end of days. Yeah. In in Morocco, they refer to it as des moritis, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And he starts rattling off all these like around the world cultures and customs about like what this means and and then it's because he's writing a novel that he carries on him. Yep. About the end of the world. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And he and he gives this this dissertation on the end of days. By the way, five minutes into the fucking movie, right? As soon as they get trapped in the house, he's like, "You know what's going on here? It's this." Um, Malkovich. Yeah. If anyone could say to be to have stolen the picture, it'd be Malkovich. He does a good job as a guy who like hates the world. Wouldn't you agree, though, at this point, Malkovich is another one just mailing it in at this point. He's mailing it in. Just showing up and being the guy being like, I said you were a fucking idiot. <laughs> that's all he does anymore. Yes. And that's who he is in this. What the fuck are you doing? Yes. Don't put the birds in the oven. Yeah. That's all. That's that's just, you know, it's like, all right. I'm, uh, yeah. Malkovich. I'm, he, he, br- he, he brings things to life a little bit. He 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 has a weird take on things that I enjoy. Looking just crazier and crazier yeah. too. <laughs> the older he gets. Uh, it says here Netflix reported that Bird Box had the biggest seven day viewership for any of its original films to date, with over forty five million accounts viewing it. This claim has been met with skepticism from analysts who cited a complete lack of independent verification. <laughs> and this is what Netflix does. They feel like they don't have to, re- they won't release their ratings. No. They won't tell you who's watched anything. Just once in a while, they'll be like, you know, this was kind of the biggest movie of all time. And then you're like, but wait a minute, wh- what? It's, yeah, yeah. I, I find them yeah. shady at best. Netflix is basically, uh, it's it's you're talking to Kenny Powers. Yes. You know, it's like, all right, I guess if you say so, you know, you're the greatest. Uh, okay. Yeah. We, we accounted for 99% of all TV viewership this year. And you're like, what? what? Have you been to a meeting in Netflix? I've, I've pitched there. Yes. I wanted to, it was like a Tuesday, 1 PM meeting. This place, you would have thought you were at a fucking Los Angeles nightclub. <laughs> they're, they're serving drinks. <laughs> There's a coffee bar. There's 200 people in the lobby of this place. Yeah, it's nuts. They waiting got that- to go up. They got like 18 assistants coming down. Like, are you here to see so-and-so? Are you here to see so-and-so? Yeah, it's a scene over there, man. I was like, wow. This, I mean, I get that it's supposed to be dazzling me or whatever. Then I get brought up from my meeting. I'm in like some abandoned conference room. And it's like, oh, so you put all your money in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. So everyone thinks you're hot shit. A lot of money goes shit. in the lobby. They got that food bar down there. Yeah. Um, Unless that, that I, that's the level I'm at is that they brought me to an abandoned conference. No, room, that's you know? sort of the room. I was in a sort of darkened corner room <laughs> pitching. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, Sandy Bullock delivers a nice performance in this thing. She's always great. She's. I never realized what a crush I have on Sandra Bullock, by the way. Jesus. She's still an incredibly intriguing woman. The one. Uh, I. 
I don't like her in a serious role. There's a timestamp on it. I don't mean like that. I just mean like after all these years, I still look at her and I'm very swept away. I think her appeal is in romantic comedies. Um, Her screaming like, my kids and all that. I don't find her to be particularly great in those roles. She's got kind of the Julia Roberts thing where it's like, yeah, we know you're acting. But uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Bullock succumb to the... uh, the pressures of uh, surgery. She looked like Michael Jackson to me in this movie. Has she had plastic surgery? I never thought so, or she'd done a very good job. In this movie, to me, I could not shake how much she looked like Michael Jackson. I didn't think she looked like she had surgery in this. Okay. maybe I don't think so. I don't know. Well, maybe I got to watch it or again. Maybe she she didn't, and she just grew up to look like Michael looks Jackson. Looks like old but. MJ. The, um, I find her uh, striking. Uh, and I did enjoy it. Well, you're before. attracted to Michael Jackson. Well, yeah, I want to fuck Michael Jackson. Yeah. And I have. You're too old. And I got and, zero and too press out of it. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, I, all I wanted to get was a ride on that Ferris wheel. I got nothing. Sure. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, I liked Bullock's performance in this, and I, um, I liked, she was about one of the only people I liked in the whole movie. Um, the, the, the they never show the monster. I mean, of course there were, little scream and in for you in the middle of the movie review um they didn't show the monster because they designed a monster these creatures that you see that make you see your greatest fears or whatever the hell it is right they designed one of these things and it was so ridiculous looking that sandra bullock was la- couldn't stop laughing in between the <laughs> oh, takes i didn't hear about that uh and then they released pictures of it and it looked it did look ridiculous yeah uh except for movieweb.com who said that it looked chilling I, I don't know. I, I'm addicted to movie web. I can't stop going to it. I, I, very few websites make me as angry as they do anymore. Like I never, I, I've never been. It's a lot of clickbait anymore on there. But yeah. uh, but um, and I don't know what they're watching, but they're watching something that I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I uh, I just thought the movie sucked, and you know, it's it, it's you know the the. There were some decent sequences that were sort of suspenseful. Quite frankly, too, there's this fear throughout the film as the world starts to deteriorate of, you know, there are these people out there that have seen these creatures and haven't killed themselves and want you to look at them now. And I'm like, okay, so then what's the problem? Right. So then look at it and become one of these other people. Well, they don't seem happy. They didn't seem unhappy. They seemed yeah. like they were driving around having a good time. That's true. Uh, you know, there was there was also this thing where they let the one guy into the house, but his eyes didn't look crazy. Yeah. And then he turned out to be under the influence of the creatures, which I was like, okay, I guess that's something that's evolving. Like your eyes don't change when you look at these things. But then at the end, when she goes into the blind refuge, the first thing they do is check their eyes. And then they go, oh, they're okay. It's like, well, are they? Because you check the other, you check the, the English guy's eyes, and he wasn't okay. So what? Yeah, they did a little. You know, these movies live and die on establishing the rules and sticking to them. And this movie seemed to just play real fast and loose with those rules. Some cool little elements. Uh, Rebecca Pigeon killing herself by sitting down in fire and just being engulfed in flames. I thought was really cool. I thought the whole hell breaking loose scene was great at the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a good scene, and the, and I think the driving scene, even though it was stupid, was cool. 
Uh, there were highlights to it. I, I didn't think it was a waste of my time, but it's I didn't like it. And I will continue to bitch about the dissolving middle class in this country uh, and the best example of it being entertainment right. as we watch George Clooney sell fucking you know, carrying coffee machines on yeah. in commercials that used to go to college kids that were struggling to find acting jobs. The fact that they got Sarah Paulson in this thing in a six minute role, it, you know, I'm sorry, it offends me. It offends me. She doesn't need that part. The, the that part, give that part to somebody that fucking needs it. Yeah, you're getting no and 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 if you're a Sarah Paulson fan and you're excited that you see her name on this fucking thing, which they do sell it with her name. I'd be pissed off turning it on and be like, wait, she's dead in the first five minutes? Right. I'd be pissed. It's, you know, that that really bothers me, man. That really bothers me. How do you feel about every uh, voiceover commercial going to uh, John Hamm or Jeff Bridges? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's like, it's like these, these were jobs for people that were trying to work their way up or people that couldn't make it in the in the character or leading man side of or, right. or woman side of things so then they would get jobs in advertising and that's where they made their bread and butter and it's they're taking it away from people i yeah. think it's fucking insane all voice roles and animation are played by celebrities oh it's ridiculous it, it makes no sense to me. like john ham doing a car commercial or doing every car commercial as he does now you're like no you're an amazing looking man go do work in movies and make all that money and let the people who don't look like you Record it because at best you're like, who's this? Oh, right, that's John Hamm. That's not going to make you buy a car. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's I, I'm offended by it, and I'm also offended too by by transparent casting. Okay, when when everybody gets into the house in this movie, they've literally got one of every type of person yeah. in this house, and it's like, you know what, guys? Here's why it bothers me. Diversity does not bother me. Other ethnicities on screen that aren't white people, that, that does not bother me. I am f in full support of both of those things. How fucking stupid do you think I am that I'm supposed to believe that somehow you got a perfect array of people in this house? Because God forbid, and here's what this is what gets me, people. God forbid these people casting these things who are trying so desperately to show you they're not racist god forbid they actually act in a not racist way and just put four black people in it instead instead they want to insult your intelligence and go look there's a black person and an asian person and it's like when they did the fucking live christmas story that takes place in the 40s and the couple yeah. was an interracial cut you're like i'm sorry you expect me to believe that in the 40s there's this interracial cup? There was a movie about this, Far From Heaven. Yeah. We know how this was treated back then. Right. You expect, and you're going to tell me I'm racist because I, I'm finding this odd that you're not calling any attention to it in the 40s? Because God forbid they just do a Christmas story with a black family. Yeah. They won't do that because they're fucking racist. Well, Instead, the, the, they want to make you feel guilty about it. This movie was straight up college brochure style. It was... Hispanic, Asian, black, white. They had they did have one of each, and it was glaringly obvious. They had the girl from one of my favorite movies of last year, Patty Cakes, about the uh, the young kind of heavy set white rapper. Oh, girl. was that her? Was that the Patty? Cakes I fucking movie? loved Patty Cakes. She was in it. this, you know. But really, they just kind of had one character too many. And then the B.D. Wong thing, where they're like 
see if you die if you watch this uh <laughs> live i'm like that's what you're le- giving bd wong to do <laughs> like how about instead of risking it's not like he's it's not like hey go out and fight the monster and see if it works it's let's do something that might not even help us too much and it'll probably kill you it is true and then it dies it he is dies. true it's it's like so why so what if he does see it on the tv screen and doesn't go crazy then what yeah then you then you can watch it <laughs> stupid uh uh hog, you. B- big it, hog down from from me on this one hog down for me as well and speaking of sarah paulson i find her to be an okay actor i liked her most as marcia clark in the oj thing but she's fine she clear like she she works in my building at work and i see her there all the time and i'm like what is she here for and it was american horror story before christmas but now she's there again and i was like oh i thought american horror story wrapped what's going on and I look and I realize that she's there doing another Ryan Murphy show. She does three Ryan Murphy shows a year. Right. And this one is called Ratchet. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's about a woman who's like a mess or whatever. Ratchet. And I find out it's a prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where she plays young nurse Ratchet. And clearly just because Ratchet now means like a hot mess, somebody thought that was a cute idea. But it's like... Who gives a shit about a Ratchet prequel story? Young (laughs) Nurse Ratchet. And then it's Paulson again. It's like, she can't do everything. She can't be in five. She can't be Look, the lead in five shows a that's, year. That's what's that's what's bothersome. It's it's it's, uh, dude. It's the rich get richer. It's 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 nothing more elegant than that. It's just like we've complained about where they give the same five comedy parts, the same five people. Yeah. It's every every cool Hollywood comedy is is Franco and and that whole crew. It, it's it's I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. All the same people get to do all the same shit. And you, you never see like a, surpri- a surprise person in a movie that you do, that you don't expect. There are fucking actors out there that I'm just like, my God, like I'm watching, like I rewatched Witches of Eastwick yeah. on the airplane. F- tremendous fucking movie. Tr- just a tremendous movie. I'm actually going to read the book. I-, I really, really love that movie and it never disappoints every time I rewatch uh, I wrote I saw her name once down. when I was a kid, and I watched like a, I watched it on CBS. You got whatever. Veronica Cartwright in this thing, uh-huh. just tour de force performance. Give her some fucking parts in something. <laughs> she's incredible in yeah. this movie. She's incredible in everything she's ever in. Nobody knows who she is. Yeah, it's like Jesus. Veronica Cartwright could walk down the Sunset Boulevard and asshole naked, right? And it wouldn't even make the news. We just had on the show Joanna Cassidy, who played Eddie Valiant's fiance and Roger Rabbit. Yes, you know the real sassy, brassy broad. Or yeah, and uh, she comes in. She was funny as shit. She it was a good role, but she brought like a really interesting energy to it. And <laughs> you know they kept pushing Mary Lou Henner. I'm like, I don't need to see Mary Lou Henner do this part. It doesn't make it. She, she's not right for it. You're just trying to cast a name. So Cassidy, is that even look, I'd be happy to see Mary Lou Henner in something at this point. I just don't think she's a strong actress, but Cassidy comes in. uh, She was fucking delightful. And I go up to her. She's in Blade Runner as well. Joanna Cassidy, which I did not bring up. But I said, I got to tell you, I was like, you're so great in this. And I remember you when I was a kid from Roger Rabbit. And uh, I said, you know, the movie was very overwhelming because I 
had a crush on both you and Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> the animated <laughs> character. And she was just really funny and down to earth. And she's like, you know, for the longest time, every part I went up for went to Kathleen Turner. And then it, you know, well, I don't want to be too awful, but Kathleen Turner now looks very different than she did. Right. And she's like, this woman still is like a knockout. She's 72 and she's beautiful. And she's like, yeah, I just sort of thought like, all right, I'll, I'll stay in the game or whatever, but the parts don't come. And it was a real bummer. She's great. And that's kind of the, as I've said before, the, the good part of this job is you can cast anyone because all these old actors are waiting by the phone and they don't get the parts. And it, it really sucks. They're all just as good as they always were. I don't know. It's a, it's a sad business. I'm sick of seeing the same five people. Yeah, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Anyway. Like Midnight Run. Imagine uh, This is one that popped into my head. Imagine a comedy coming out now. Start, you know, At that time, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, those are not the people you would have thought would have appeared in that movie. No. The, you never would have dreamed that those people would be in that movie. No. And you'd never get a buddy movie with people like that now. No. Whereas you'd have so and much also, fun. also, you want to talk... Mi- go ahead. Like, imagine if it's if it's Nick Cage now. They they finally put him in a big budget movie, and it's this fucking Spideyverse movie because it's just his voice. Because they think people hate him. They're dead wrong. Right. People love Nicolas Cage. He's doing these five dollar direct to DVD things because he made some stupid financial choices. But put him back in the movies. People love Nicolas Cage. Right. Sick of it. Well, speaking of Midnight Run, too, you got, uh, what's his name in there? The guy that was in um, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. Yafet Koto. No, no, no. Well, I love Yafet Koto. There's another guy you never hear from and didn't get enough work. No. Uh, uh, no, the the guy that plays the other bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. I think his, yeah. his name is Walsh in the movie. But... I already said no, dick breath, that yeah. guy. Yeah. He does like radio. John Ashton. John Ashton. He does radio in like the Midwest now. It's like. That guy's one of the funniest fucking actors I've ever seen in anything. Yeah. Looks like a looks like a Dennis uh Farina type. Yeah. Or Dennis Franz. Wait, which one is it? Franz. Franz. Although Farina is in Midnight Run too. And you Farina don't see him awesome. in things anymore just because he's dead, and I don't think that's fair. Farina's another guy that I thought should have been in more shit. Yeah. All right, that's our show, people. Uh listen, if you're in Austin, Texas, or near Austin, Texas, this week. This week, starting Wednesday night, that's two days from now, I'll be at Cap City Comedy Club uh, through Saturday night. Bunch of shows. It's always fun there. Going to have a good time down in big old Texas, as usual. Uh, Come on out to a show. Uh, In March, I will be in Vegas, as I said. Bonkers Comedy Club. I think that's only two shows. And uh, I got some other stuff coming up, but we we can save it for next time. Oh, January, February issue of it's a it's a it's six six issues per year now but the so the jan feb issue of penthouse my i have a copy of it it was very exciting to see my first ever fiction story has been officially published it's not the first one i ever wrote but it's the first time i've been officially published as a fiction writer it's called wallace and his checkerboard i hope you enjoy it it was a real thrill for me it is absolutely a dream come true uh that's great very cool uh in the print penthouse yes so i could buy it and have a valid reason to uh have a penthouse in my home yes and what i would what i would really like is if you did buy it and then i found it and the only pages stuck together were my story pages (laughs) i would enjoy that 
Uh, and they're not erotic in any way, your, your tales? Zero eroticism. All right. I'll, I'll Dark try it. fiction. I'll try it anyway. I am uh, Twitter and Instagram, the Patrick Walsh, Cool Kids, Friday nights on Fox. Uh, they have us on two weeks and then off for five weeks because these people really know what they're doing. But uh, you can catch the reruns. You can catch us on Hulu. Uh, we're off for the next three weeks. But um, check it out. We're doing well still, and I, I hope we get a season two. Next week on the show, Joe, we are doing. Phantasm. Oh, we are. Phantasm. Uh, so if you've never seen it, check it out. Phantasm 1. All right, talk to you soon.